Cool. Well, hey, so welcome to the Slant and Go. This is episode, I don't know what episode this is anymore. We have two lost episodes now because that last one I didn't. I didn't well, I, I mean, I feel like I owed you one. Uh, or or you owed me one or yeah, yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah. Paybacks. Right, so, right. Yeah. Um, We've got it's just something for our our box set when we release it. You know, we can throw in something. B-sides. Yeah, the B sides. That's cool. We got B sides. Oh, here we go. And we are officially at Paul and Eddie's Montevista Inn. That's right. Cupertino, California. California's high, highest selling, best selling Jaeger bar. And, yeah. California's preeminent Jaeger establishment. That's Ryan in the background. You'll hear more of him. You'll, you'll hear more of him than we want to. Yeah, so this is the day after, well, the draft ended on Saturday or Sunday? Saturday. Okay, so the draft was 30, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yep. And this is Monday after, so two days later. And we've had time to digest some of the implications, I guess. I think the the first place I like to start about the draft is how I hate the format of it now. Like oh, yeah, yeah. I and I don't I don't think I've met a football fan yet that likes it at all. Like, right, yeah. It used to be you could tune in for the weekend. Yeah, Friday, get Saturday, and beers and right? sit around with your underwear and watch the draft. Right? Absolutely. Or or with other people in their underwear. I mean whatever you want to do, sure. it's fine. Um, but now Thursday at prime time is just that's hell. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, and it's East Coast, 8, eight o'clock East Coast time, so it's right. 5 o'clock. You have to get off, I mean, for me, I have to get off work early to catch the start of the Jeff. I didn't, oh, yeah. And I didn't make it this time. Yeah, I had to I had to do the same. I had to stop working early, actually, to where even when I was asked to finish up more things, that I still got out of there in time yeah. to catch the beginning of the draft. Dedication. By, by maybe, like, you know, two minutes. Like, mm-hmm. I barely made it. Yeah. Um, so that's annoying. That is annoying. But this is not the complain and go. It's not. not the you're right. You're right. I was just talking about the draft. I had to get that out there. You're <laughs> right. Uh, I, do, I do agree, though. I, yeah. I, I like it more of a format where... Even if it just started an hour later, you know, I'd, I'd be, I'd hang in there and watch Absolutely. the first round, and it would give me time to get from work to yeah. whatever place I mean, I'm gonna watch it. I mean, uh, you know, it'll be interesting next year when the draft is not in uh, East Coast, you know, the time zone. I think they might have it on the West Coast. Uh, I've been hearing that they're gonna have it in LA actually. Oh. And if they do, a we're gonna be there. They're gonna have it at the Rams facility. <laughs> at the Rams, Chargers, Raiders joint facility. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, we'll go with that. Um, the draft itself was actually, compared to last year's draft, it was... This music is ridiculous. Oh, my God. It was, uh, you know, there wasn't as much, you know, movement as... Yeah, right. Uh, there was a lot more trading in the 2014 uh, top 10. Yeah. And uh, this year was pretty straightforward. Um, which you kind of expected some trades, you know, like I, I don't totally. think the Titans really wanted to take Mariota at, at number two. And uh, they were apparently fielding offers like the entire time. I yeah, mean, I, I don't know what exact offers they got. Um, rumors are that they wanted more than um, than the Redskins gave up for the RG3 trade. Um, that more than just Philly or other teams were involved. Yeah. So I think there was moves. To, there were moves to be made, but just it didn't happen. Yeah. So once both quarterbacks went, everything just kind of fell in line. Yeah. The surprise to me was um, the defense tackle from USC, uh, Leonard Williams falling. Yeah. But in general, if all the other 
all the other picks that we made slotted kind of as they would, you know, as they would normally go. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you bring up you bring up the Jets, yeah. and you had the idea of uh, we, might, we might go maybe division by division and kind of talk about the teams. Um, you start with the AFC North because I mean I think that was actually you know. I mean, you didn't fall. You know, it was their fourth. They were picking number four, right? So it's not like he dro- dropped one, ten spots or twenty spots, but they did expect him to be gone number, number three or two. And they're picking six, but yeah, I think. Oh, they picked six. Yeah, three. but so I think felt a little bit. Mariota was the was the move there, right? Where like yeah. him going two yeah. locked everyone else into their normal yeah, spots. Because yeah, yeah. had he not gone two, yeah. I think everyone under um, the Titans would have become. Um, you know, uh, buyers of their pick, or right. sellers of the pick, yeah. sorry. Uh, so, that's, I think that's, I mean, that's a good, really good value, yeah. right, number six. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I've only heard talk about a little bit is, uh, you know, the Jets, this is kind of taking into account free agency as well, the, the Jets traded for Brandon Marshall, got a fifth round pick for him or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, essentially parlayed that pick into Zach Stacy. so yeah. they got Brandon Marshall and Zach Stacy. For like a fifth round. For like fifth round pick, yeah, that's true. It's crazy. That's 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 an astute observation. And they're they're running back. Uh, they're the backfield has been crowded for a while. But I think someone's like, it's like to be a crowded backfield means it's waiting to be taken over, right? Yeah. From a fantasy perspective, crowded backfields aren't our friend. But sure. you know, a crowded for backfield. Zach as, a, as a player, I mean. Yeah. He was going to be right on the bench in oh, yeah. St. Louis. I right? mean, his so. his um his tweet right after the Rams yeah. took Todd Gurley was was gold. Oh yeah. And for, for anyone sure. that missed it, minutes after Todd Gurley was selected number ten by the Rams, Zach Stacy ever so eloquently tweeted out, quote unquote, "Yikes!" <laughs> I think he knew that his time had kind of oh, run yeah. its course. Well, I mean, he only he only rushed for about 300 yards last year, so. I mean, he had already seen his role diminish, but yeah. then they take the best running back in the draft. Yeah. Yeah, so handwriting's on the wall. Right. And, I mean, uh, if anything, I think it's actually a little surprising that a deal was able to get done uh, between the Rams and the, and the Jets in, in regards to Zach Stacy had, like, almost zero leverage yeah. in that, you know, like, like yeah. what's he worth to the Rams at that point? Next to nothing, right. you know? Uh, so, I think the Jets overall improved. I'm not, you know, not going to win the division or anything, but uh, with the Patriots there and Buffalo getting better too. But uh, they definitely had a, I thought they had a good, you know, kind of whole offseason so far yeah. in terms of uh, personnel. I think it, I mean, it's, it's so hard to dig yourself out of that hole, right? Oh, yeah. um, especially when you're in a division that's been dominated by the Patriots since, I don't know, 1987 at this point, like yeah, is what it seems like. That, yeah. Just forever. Like, yeah. they've won four Super Bowls in the 2000s. You know, like, yeah. They've, they've dominated, so, and not even that, like, subtle moves have been made by, you know, the Bills have tried to regroup as well. So, AFC North, who else, Okay. Uh, anything else kind of jump out at you? Um, I mean, I don't want to spend this whole time talking about, uh, talking about the Patriots. Uh, no, I mean, or I, Buffalo, too. I mean, yeah, I feel like. And there's some fourth team in the AFC North. Oh, yeah. As soon as we figure out who they are, um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get right to them. Um... No, I, actually, I mean, we, we could talk about Miami. They, they, mm-hmm. they I think they, they improved themselves as well. But yeah, yeah. Uh, the Patriots, I think, are just that. They, they seem to do both examples that you see of like a team during the draft. So some teams during the draft just they stay with their picks. Yeah. Where the picks are, they take that best player available and they go from there. You know, like yep. it was mentioned during the. Uh, the well, later rounds on Saturday, Rich Eisen brought it up. He's like, you know what I noticed about the Steelers every year? They just go, we're picking up pick seven. We're not moving up. We're not moving down. Yeah. We're taking a guy at seven. Yeah. 
Second round, taking a guy at seven. Third round, taking a guy at seven. They do their picks and they're out. Like, yes. that's, what, that's how they do business. Um, the Patriots, I think, have done a remarkable job of moving up and down when they need to right. or when they feel like the opportunity is there. And also just being able to still, like, stay and or stay pat, for lack of a better term, uh-huh. and, uh, <laughs> and, and, get, and get an impact, you know, fit. Yeah. Like, they need a DT. They lose. They lose their boy Will Fork, yeah. right? Um, so you're thinking DT is a need. Secondary is a need. There's always needs. Um, had they traded back, I'm sure Bill would have made some kind of amazing deal happen. Yeah. But they stay put. They get a monster DT. Is he going to be Will Fork? You never can tell, and you don't expect him to be. Not but, likely. I mean, but, but hey, guy, you, yeah, you're at least trying to fill your need, right? Sure. And that's the thing. The most in, uh, intriguing thing to me about the draft is GMs and teams' approaches to needs right now versus future needs and how they marry those and how they balance those. Um, That's tough because there are certain positions that take, you know, a couple precedence. of years to, yeah. But yeah, and, and take also the ones that take a couple of years for the player to develop oh, before sure. they're effective, right? Sure. So yeah. quarterback is a good example. Yeah. Not always given that luxury anymore. But, right, um, right. You know, you, you know, wide receiver is really like their third year that they hit their stride. Yeah. Um, once in a while they'll make an impact in the first year or something. Absolutely. Um, as opposed to like running back, right? So, yeah. Uh, it's where a, a guy it's can come front. in, yeah. yeah, can like yeah. do damage right away. So. It's totally front loaded. Yeah, you're you're right. Um, but uh, so I think that, I think the Patriots went after what they needed. They drafted a DT. Um, I think in the second, or th- I believe in the third round, they went for like a corner, um, just trying to you know. They're they're attacking their their needs, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think we talked about Miami earlier. I think Miami uh, needed to add a receiver. They needed more punch on offense because yeah. the idea is you can either try and slow down the Patriots uh, with your defense, which is a tall it's a tough task, yeah. or you can just hey try and try and throw down with them, go punch for punch, yeah. and go for it. Yeah. Um, and so they added what I thought was the one uh, like tied for second or you know. One one C if you're doing a one A one B one C receiver in this draft, yeah. uh, they got Devontae Parker out of Louisville, who I thought was uh, just everything that I've seen about him um, on on the field just looks like he's going to be an awesome player. But mm-hmm. was a little banged up in college, so yep. it's something you worry about. It's why a guy with that kind of ability lasts until 14th pick, you know. But if he hits, I mean, they could be getting something there. Tannehill showed some flashes. Mm-hmm. I think the guy can do the job. Yeah, sure. You just need to build around him. Yeah. They added Jordan Cameron in free agency, so you got a tight end now. Yep. You know, like these are these are uh, these are picks here that that can help. And they also added a running back later in the draft too, to sort of like split time with Lamar Miller. Mm-hmm. So I think they're starting to do some things on offense and at least be like balanced enough to to go at New England. Yeah, I think all the teams in the AFC North got better. I think Buffalo got better as well. Um, Nobody's going to unseat the Patriots this year. I don't think so. Yeah. But they're, you know, they're building for a couple yeah. years from now. Not as long as number 12 is yeah. suiting up and going to the Kentucky Derby and going to the fight <laughs> and doing everything he did. <laughs> Taking selfies on private jets. <laughs> yeah, that. yeah. Yeah, all, all that. Um, so, Craig, I think you're safe for one more year. Maybe two. Barely. You watch yourself, Craig. Yeah, you watch yourself, Craig. I know where you live. <laughs> This escalated quickly. <laughs> I'm not that mean. Don't worry. <laughs> um, all right. So what should we talk about next? Uh, AFC Central? AFC Central. We're uh, into baseball sorry. now. That's good. We're going back to <laughs> Get the good the old days. Old AFC oh. North. No, that's what we just did. We just AFC, did. What's it called? Midwest North? There's a South in there. South? Yeah. Yeah. 
That would be. Yes, that would oh, be. Oh, that's right. It's just the, it's the directions on the compass. Yeah. Okay. So I, I, I believe the AFC East was what we just discussed, actually. Oh, you're right. Yeah. yeah. AFC North. Oh, sorry. Yeah. 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 AFC, AFC North, North would be Ravens. Pittsburgh Ravens. Yeah. Uh, Bungles. Bungles. And, and Browns. Oh, well. You mentioned the Browns <laughs> and Kung Fu music comes on. This is the world we live in. I don't know why that's a thing, but okay. Um, <coughs> what jumps out at you about the, uh, the FC North? The FC North, um, I think there's been a clear, I, I've seen it over the last few years, I think um, over the last two in particular, the Steelers have changed their identity. Uh, they were in our in our lifetime of watching football, uh, Smash Mouth run the ball team. Yeah. Out all of his albums. Up front, blitzing you know defense. Uh, now they're they're a stretch you out, go down the field, let Ben buy time like he does, run around, and then chuck it. And obviously last year they had the explosion of Le'Veon Bell on the scene. So, mm-hmm. but all that adds to their speed and spacing as well, right? He's never going to see eight in the box because you got to worry about yeah. the, the the speed. Yeah, he's that, definitely benefiting from those fast receivers. Right, that they bring on the, on the perimeter. And, you know, uh, Pittsburgh has lost uh, an, out, uh, an X receiver every year. Yeah. That is a speed guy, and they just keep plugging more in. Yeah. Um, they found another one last year. I think they drafted a guy in the third round, Sammy Coates, that just fits right in. Yeah. He's like another Emmanuel Sanders, another maybe even – if he hits his mark, maybe another Antonio Brown like, not not that exact caliber, but yeah. same skill set. He's a fast guy. He stretches the field, yep. um, and he makes big contested catches down the field. No, I mean historically that was sort of the Pittsburgh's uh, mo, right? And when Ben first came in the league, that's, yeah. they rode that for a couple of years. And yeah, it's kind of as he's developed as a quarterback, sure. he's gotten better they, that they've started to shift their identity. Yeah, kind of because they can, I guess, right? Or is it more of a league-wide trend? Or like, what? What do you think explains it? I think it's both. Uh, I think the league, obviously, with the defensive rules, um, the quarterback rules, uh, passing is safer than it's ever been, for lack of a better term. Yeah. But also, his skill set, you know, provide it, it, it speaks to that. Yeah. He's got a big arm. Um, he's so hard to bring down, you know, when he's back there. He buys time like yeah. he does. And, um, you know, it all just kind of came together at the right time. Also, I mean, teams try to give quarterbacks the reins. Uh, every team tries to, you know, at some point, whether the quarterback's really ready for it or not. Yeah. Um, they had a significant shift from his first Super Bowl win to his second Super Bowl win. I mean, first Super yep. Bowl win, I've said it on this on many a podcast before, they won it in spite of him. Yeah. You know, second one they won because of him. Yeah. You know, sure. so they gave him the reins, and I mean, he's put together solid years under the radar. Doesn't get talked about as much um, because other quarterbacks, I think, are just getting more spotlight yeah. than he is. But it really struck me just this last season. I watched a couple games or, or uh, Steeler games, and yeah. he was just—I was really impressed with the throws he was making, he, the decisions he was making. You know, he was not someone I was overly impressed with for a long time. Yeah. But over the last two years, honestly, he's—he's mm-hmm. he's garnished some respect for sure for me. Uh, in that he really has command of their offense. He really does. Yeah. And he does make better throws than I thought he did. Um, exactly what you're talking about. Because I mean, those throws that he makes deep down the field, those. A lot of those are on the run, and he just slings yeah, them. Yeah. You know. And we're, you know, and like you're saying about bringing him down, where most quarterbacks would have about four seconds in the pocket, he gets six or eight because the first it, guy doesn't get him down. It's his ability. I mean, yeah. yeah. Subtle movements in the pocket, it's like kind of sloughing guys off. Yeah. So, anyway, that's not at all draft related. Um, just an observation about that. Well, they had a Sammy coach at the draft. Yeah. 
Um, but I think it overall just speaks to like the, uh, to, use, to use the Twitter term, the way they've been trending for, for, for two yeah. years or so, you know? Hashtag stretch the field. Hashtag, hashtag go deep, bro. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, who else? AFC North. You think, uh, think Manziel's going to be the guy? <laughs> Do I think he's gonna be the Do I think he's gonna be the guy? I mean, I'm laughing, repeating it. Yeah. Um, I think that apparently he went into rehab uh, prior to prior to uh, you know. Not, that's not just a PR move. I think he really wants to change. I never, I never can tell. You know, yeah. like the, the the things these teams do now because yeah. they know how much media a, spotlight coverage. I think, I think it could be. Um, you don't know with him. Yeah. You know that they have no choice but to roll with him yeah. for the whole year. Uh, we'll see what he does. You think he just gets one more year to kind of get his act together? And I think the way that these these contracts are designed, year three is usually like, it's not an option year, yeah. uh, but it's usually, in some deals, it's less of a hit than the others. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you just try and, try and see how it goes. I mean, I, I don't even know who else on their on the quarterback depth chart is going to challenge him right now. Yeah. Brandon Hoyer had a good year for the most part, up and down. Yeah. He was good at times, game manager at times, uh, you know, all that stuff. He's gone now. Uh, so it's going to be Manziel's show. Yeah, I, just, I, I don't know. I didn't see anything that impressed me about him on or off the field last year. So <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised that they one more year, they grab somebody else. They throw him out there to say that guy doesn't get injured the third yeah. year, and then he's gone. I mean, I think... If they could get trade value from him, maybe he's gone sooner. Yeah. But no one's going to want it. Yeah. I don't think. I thought I thought Cleveland did good things in the draft, but uh, the question comes down to Manziel. Yeah. Is he going to be able to take them over the hump? What's he going to be able to do? Or is um, he going to be able to game manage? Like, is that, is that even within his skill set? Yeah. If they're good enough around him, maybe he doesn't have to do too much. Sure. Right? Yeah. Um, but wouldn't he be content managing a game? He's going to want to make it about himself and like make some flashy play. Yeah. I think that, to me, that's a, try, that's a situation I'll try and put him in. Yeah. It's like, hey, like, don't screw up. Learn yeah. to manage the game, you know? Um, just kind of try and control him that way. Because, yeah, yeah. yeah, his athletic ability can win you some, it can win you some drives and maybe, maybe win you some games randomly, yeah. right? We saw Tebow do it, you know, like, mm -hmm. with athleticism. But counting on that week to week, like, counting on that one guy to make a play, like, yeah. it's so difficult in football, yeah, you know? Yeah, for sure. Um, a lot of good athletes in the NFL. Yeah. yeah. That's the thing. It's like, you know, you might be able to dominate in college that way, but the NFL is a whole different game, and it's you're just not going to – you're not going to be that much better than everybody else. Yeah, absolutely. Week to week especially, you know? No. Yeah, Again, not so, draft related, but no, no. But I, in the in the draft, they went they went in the trenches. The first two picks, they went uh, DT first round, big dude Danny Shelton. He's just an extremely athletic defense tackle. Can move, yeah. um, can push the pocket, all that good stuff. If they're gonna win, you know, in these types of games we're talking about, where oh, don't turn it over, keep it close. That means you're gonna be defensively inclined. Yeah. And they had a pretty solid defense last year, uh, for the most part. Yeah. It's built around Joe Hayden. Yeah. You know, like go from there. And you know, if that's the mode they're going for, I could kind of see that coming true. 
But again, it's going to come down to can Menzel manage the game or not. Right, right. right. Uh, their second pick was a center. Uh, complete monster of a center. Yeah. And they've still got one of the best left tackles and a, one of the best centers. So whether they kick the existing center inside or maybe this rookie plays inside, you know, first and second round picks, that's at least two or three of them invested on the offensive line. Yeah. So that would make you think they're trying to be a running team, you know. That seemed like maybe the trend of the draft, too. There were yeah. so many linemen to win. There so many lot. teams trying to improve their offensive line through the draft. Yeah. Like high picks, too. I was actually, I kind of like that. You know, that's the, I, I mean, I played offensive tackle in high yeah. school. Yeah. I got appreciation for that, we, that we, part of the game. We talk know? about it, you know, it's like, it's the thing that doesn't show up on the stat sheet ex exactly. Like, yeah. yeah, it shows up how many sacks you gave up or yeah. how many yards you rushed for. But you don't see, like, how the line was playing. You don't see how the line was working. And right. the trenches is where, that's where games are won and lost. They say it all the time, and that's the truth. And maybe it's not so much that the teams are taking a different attitude. It's that maybe the skill positions were weaker. The line linemen happened to be a little bit better coming out of yeah. school. So yeah. they just went with the best players, you know? Um, you know, if you'd had last year's receiver class, maybe you wouldn't have seen as many linemen go um, I thought on the top, this receiver class was very strong too, yeah. but not as deep as last year's, yeah, exactly. but still very strong. Um, but it's a guy, I, I totally agree with you. I think that for teams that are trying to dig their way up from the bottom of the division, it's like, well, the, the exact skill positions aren't there. Yeah. But if we keep getting these monsters mm -hmm. on either side of the line, inevitably, yeah. we're going to be in a They're great situation. Make players better. Right. Right. All right, so AFC South. AFC South. Houston, Indy. UC in Indy, uh, Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tennessee. Yeah, that's right. So how do you feel, Mariota? What are your thoughts? Um, I th well, actually, I think he's going to be a good quarterback. He, to me, he strikes me as um, similar to Russell Wilson. I think he's got that kind of athleticism, maybe not as strong of an arm as Russell. Uh, but I think he's going to be he's going to make good decisions. He gets his head around the game. I think I think Russell came out with him with so much maturity, and he was kind of like he wasn't ruffled even kind of right off the bat. I think Mariota is going to take a little bit longer adjustment to the NFL, but that he brings a similar skill set and could end up. I mean, he's not going to take the Titans to the Super Bowl. I don't think that's realistic, sure. but at least not anytime soon. But you get they could build around him and be a much better team. Yeah, I. Uh... Overall, I think I think there's ability there for for Mariota. I think it's really just going to be a question of was he just a product of the system, or or is he really like can? Or maybe it's not even that's the question. Maybe it's can they marry enough of what they want to do with what he's done well in the past? Yeah. Which I think for quarterbacks over the last few years has been the issue, right? Because of the short term, you know, the short term rentals that quarterbacks are now. Uh, you have to give them some way of succeeding early on. Yeah. And that usually means bring over some elements of the college offense, whether it's verbiage, whether it's just checks, hot routes, yep. um, you know, something. Uh, that's that's where it comes down. So I think they are investing in him already yeah. to try and make him successful. Yeah, yeah. You got Kendall Wright on that team already. Yeah. It's a solid, I think a solid receiver, maybe not a number one. Definitely a number two to yeah. me. And then you, uh, in the second round, they move up and they get uh, uh, Doriel Beckham Jr. Yeah. Or Doriel Beckham, Green Beckham. Doriel Green Beckham. Yeah. I did the Beckham Jr. for OBJ <laughs> last year. Uh, but yeah, I mean, that guy was probably, he's one of the most talked about players in the draft. 
being that all the ability in the world, yeah. you wonder about some off the field matters he's had in the past. Yeah. But if you get his head right, I mean, the guy could be all world. Uh, yeah, because he's got a similar uh, kind of skills, well, physical skill set to like Randy Moss. Oh yeah, I mean, I even say, Tall, really I, even, fast. I even say more similar to Calvin Johnson. Yeah, he's, that's true. He's yeah, big. Yeah. He's, he's fast. He's, you know, yeah. Uh, so that's that's pretty scary. If those two guys. If they spend the whole off season yeah. just getting it, making it click. They come out, they, you know, they're going to be a little bit scary with some defense. And I've, I've always felt this about teams that draft a quarterback, whether it's up high in the first round or later in the second round or whatever. When you know that you're drafting a quarterback that you're hoping is your future, pairing a receiver with that quarterback in that draft, yeah. even if they don't both start together, there's something about that that seems yeah, yeah. to like just kind of a bond. Or it something, gets right? it's something. They just from day one they're like paired up. You know what I mean? Yeah. And just kind of I think the chemistry is something else. It, it it just they start out ahead of the game than yeah. they should probably. So I think Tennessee did the, did the right things. Uh, they're trying to make it happen. They uh, they also took a running back whose name is escaping me, but I remember noticing that they took this running back because. Uh, he's the inside, inside kind of between the tackles running back. Yeah. Where last year's pick, Bishop Sankey, was like an outside, bouncing out speed guy. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, they also could be getting to that point where, hey, they've got some good balance on offense, and they can go for some things. You've got to compete with Houston on defense in that, yeah. in that division, which is, I mean, that's a handful, literally. Yeah. J.J. JJ Watt's handful. Yeah. Um, and then you got to keep up scoring points with the Colts. You yeah. Know? So... And uh, they're not going to win the division this year either. Right, but right. Um, they're definitely better than they were. Uh, they just had a lot farther to go, I think, than some of the other teams, right? I mean, yeah. they were picking second. There's a reason right, they're picking right. second. Right, it's always a reason, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of second, the team picking third, the Jacksonville Jaguars. Yeah. Uh, they went outside linebacker. Uh, I feel like it was a good pick. Yeah. But their coach is a, he's a defensive guy. I think he's a solid coach. I think he knows they'll work with front seven, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, what do you feel about the Jaguars? Um, you know, no, I don't know. Yeah. There's actually something that this draft taught me is that I really need to pay attention to college football more. Oh, right. I told you this the other yeah. day. Yeah. I'm like, I'm watching the draft and I'm like, huh, never heard of that guy. Huh, never heard of that guy either. Yeah. Especially, you know, like, I don't really pay attention to linebackers and stuff sure. in college, sure. you know. Yeah. So, you know, they take a great outside linebacker. Awesome. Yeah. Is that guy really going to have that much impact? I mean, once in a while, one of those guys comes along, like a yeah. Lawrence Taylor, yeah. Derek Brooks yeah. or something, but yeah. most of the time, an outside yeah. linebacker right. incident, incident, helps them. Instant impact with an outside linebacker, like, you know it, like, when it happens, it's like, oh, yeah. it's, a, it's a Clay Matthews, or it's like, yeah, a, yeah. you know, some guy just splashes there on the scene. There are exceptions, yeah. You know, but... It's, it's hard, you know, to, to make that work. Yep. Um, and again, like you said with the Titans, they're picking third for a reason. They yeah. were picking last year. Yeah. Third or fourth, I believe. Yeah, right, you know, right. like, they've got, move, they've got things to do to, to really get over the hump, right? Yeah. That's why you wonder why some teams don't trade down. I guess if there's no interest in your pick, there's nothing you can do, right? But I, I'm, if they I'm, trade down to 10th and they pick right. up another second round, yeah. I don't know what the grading is for sure. these picks, but, sure. you know, then you have two picks, and yeah. that helps you no, I'm uh, you know what? I'm glad you mentioned trading down. Yeah. I feel like there's something about the draft that I like kind of again. I've taken a, sort of a different perspective to over the last few years. It's always something of a, a fan base or or you know analysts such as ourselves that uh, we say, oh, why didn't they trade up? Why didn't they trade down? Um, I've been guilty of it in the past, you yeah. know. 
it takes two teams to trade up or trade down. Right. And I think right. that's something that I, I've lost sight of in the past for sure. I'm like, oh, they should have just traded up if they wanted a guy. Well, who knows what that other team was asking for? Yeah, yeah. You know, like, we'll try and I try not, like, I try not go all in on making this a, a Niners podcast, but they're the example that I usually have. Last year, they wanted to get a receiver, yeah. right? 2014 draft. Great receiver draft, as we talked about. The Niners were in talks with the New York Giants to trade to their spot. The Niners wanted Odell Beckham Jr. Oh, man. Right? <laughs> they wanted Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah. I'm not going to get into what could have happened with the rest of the Niners' year if they had Odell Beckham Jr., but the asking price was apparently too much. Yeah. Right? Just, it was like multiple picks last year, even some future picks this year. Like, yeah. it was a huge deal they were asking. What spot was that? So the Niners were picking in the... They were picking in the 20s last year, yeah, and the Giants were picking in the mid-teens. Oh, okay. So it was, a, it was a move of like five to seven picks, All right. Um, if I'm not mistaken. The Giants might have been picking 12. I don't think any earlier than that, but something like that. Yeah. And the, the, move, uh, the, the, the asking price was too much. Yeah. The Niners decided not to. They got some quality picks yeah. that they stuck with, guys that are starters this year for them. Um, but that's the thing. It's like you say, oh, they wanted Odell oh, Beckham Jr. Go get him. Yeah. Well, going and getting him is only half of the the battle, right? Same with trading down. You yeah. know, like, oh, well, maybe they could have traded down. Who knows what they were asking other teams to trade down, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah. But you do think the bad teams will try <laughs> to trade down? Well, then it's always like the Patriots are, are trading down. Right. You know, like stockpiling picks yeah. and stuff. And I, you know, it takes an organization trusting their trusting, scouting and evaluation. Trusting the GM, trusting, uh, yeah. You know, to, yeah. to be confident, especially when you're picking at the bottom of the first round, you're trading out of the first round altogether sometimes. Yeah. You know, you must know that you're going to find some gems in the second and third round. Yeah. That. I mean, you, you take, the, uh, take the Seattle approach, right? Yeah. They go, hey, we got a, the second last pick. Um, apparently, Jimmy Graham's on the block, whatever. Uh, sure, you want a first round pick? We'll give you our almost second round pick. That's a first round pick. Yeah. You can have that, Saints. Go ahead. Enjoy it. What else did they get for him? Uh, I what forgot. Else, uh, what else did the Saints get for him? Oh, the Saints got, they, they got arguably the best center in the league. Oh, right, yeah. Right? And an extra first round pick. So the Saints had a motive, right? Yeah. But if you're the Seahawks or you're the Patriots or one of those later teams, you're like, uh, why not? Yeah. Automatic impact of Jimmy Graham, who you're not going to yeah, find you Jimmy Graham. you change your roster at all. Yeah. still probably get back, maybe even to the Super Bowl. Are you going to find Jimmy Graham in this draft? Maybe. Yeah. Doubtful. Doubtful. Extremely yeah. doubtful, right? <laughs> but, hey, nothing's impossible. And you've gone around and looked at all the tight ends. You're sure. Like, you know, there is no Jimmy Graham right. in this draft. You, you've known that tight end's a need for you, obviously, because yeah. you're willing to trade for one. So you look at the draft, you're like, they're yeah. all third-round, fourth-round guys. Why bother? Yeah. So, yeah, I think... The good teams are kind of still, they're always, the rich always tends to get richer in the NFL, yeah, right? Yeah. They're always in that, like, leverage position, regardless. That's why they stay good. They know what they're yeah. doing. Anybody else in the AFC South? That you want to talk about? There are other teams in the AFC South. Oh, yeah, there are other teams. Uh, real quick, I'll touch on the Colts. Yeah. Um, the Colts are, the Colts are going to, they're not, it's not that they're already good and they're going to be, like, oh, they're going to be good all of a sudden next year. They're already good. Yeah. They're already a playoff team. I think they're going to. I think they're going to make a leap next year. They they added some serious speed. 
um, coupled with the draft last year where they added speed. Um, and they got Andre Johnson free agency. Yeah. They added Frank Gore free agency. Yeah. Um, Guys that moved the chain. Yeah. The, the, I think the Colts are going to be a force to be reckoned with yeah, uh, for, right. for real in the AFC. Uh, it's scary to put that, those kind of weapons around yeah. Andrew Luck, right? Yeah, and uh, the, the receiver I'm mentioning that they added is uh, a receiver from the University of Miami, just pure speed guy. Yeah. So now on the perimeter, you have him and Hilton just yeah. stretching the field. Oh, yeah. And now Fleener, Colby Fleener, Dwayne yeah. Allen, both good tight ends, starter caliber tight ends, uh, and Andre Johnson just working underneath. Oh, yeah. And Frank Gore doesn't have to worry about it in the box. Like, I just think they're, what they did in the first round told me everything about what they're going to be. They're going to yeah. they're gonna put pressure on people this year. Yeah. And, and it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, that'll be cool. Um, let's see. AFC West, can we move on? Oh, yeah, we can move on. Uh, Chargers, Raiders, Chiefs. Did, did you believe that uh, Philip Rivers was really on the block? The trading block? Did I really? Did hey, I well, really well. believe it? No. Neither did these guys. Um, <laughs> I, no, I didn't believe it. Yeah. Uh, honestly. I just felt like, why would they move him now? You know, if he had a bad year, that's a different story. Yeah. He's, he, he showed that he can have continuity with pretty much any coach. Yeah, he's. He's been very consistent. He's been extremely he, consistent. He hasn't won the big games or whatever, but he's been extremely very, consistent. Very, very consistent. Consistently yeah. top third. Yeah. Anyway, right? I mean, if he's not, this is just the fact that he's in the AFC, right? You yeah. got Brady. You got Manning. Right. You got Luck now. Uh, all in that division. Uh, sorry, conference. Yeah. Uh, that's what you, you get lost in the shuffle. Sure. You know. Uh, Roethlisberger even like that you know you, you just get lost in shovel so yeah. I think the Chargers improved themselves uh, they'd moved they made a move they jumped up two spots but made a move to get their running back Melvin Gordon yeah I think he's a solid strong running back yeah yeah uh, we haven't seen good running backs in the drafts in a while mm-hmm. to see two good ones in the top 20 was kind of refreshing to me yeah for sure um, Melvin Gordon I think on tape Reminds me a lot of Jamal Charles. Yeah. I try not to get caught up in exact, uh, you know, yeah, sure. examples and comparisons, but a lot of the same skill set, pure, like, ability to run away from people, can work inside, outside like Jamal yeah. can. I just think in a West Coast offense, I think he fits right in. Yeah. So how, does he, how is he different than uh, Brandon Oliver? Is that the, that's the other guy in San Diego, right? And Brandon Oliver... It's kind of more of like a grind you out running back, like over oh, really? the course of the game, oh, okay. kind of grind you out. I know he's he's short in stature, like you know he's kind of like I he's, Darren, com- I he's, he's like Darren Sproles. He's compact. Yeah. Um, he does look like Sproles because he's, he's smaller yeah. and he wears the same number. It kind of he, you know. It, <laughs> uh, there are times last year where I thought he was Sproles, yeah, yeah. especially when he's beating me for two weeks in a row. <laughs> that guy. Um, but no, I just think uh, we talked about it too. This this area of the NFL, it, having one running back doesn't quite seem to be enough. Yeah, sure. You want guys with specific skill sets yep. to fit in certain situations. We also have Danny Woodhead, who's just a solid like do everything back kind little, of little Danny Woodhead. Not great at one thing, good at pretty much everything. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, but you got your workhorse now, Melvin Gordon. Yeah, yeah. And I think Rivers is at his best when he can go play action. Really, like no, for sure. you know, uh, so stretch that out. Kind of go from there. So I think I think they improved themselves. Second round they went inside linebacker. Uh-huh. I think that's a, a help. They got Brashad uh, Perryman, I believe. Um, not Brashad, but Perryman. I'm pretty sure. Yep. Inside linebacker, just you know, solid fit, fits a need. You know, I think they. I think San Diego is definitely a team that comes to mind when I think about teams that had a better draft than yeah. than most. 
Uh, what do you think about Oakland going to Mario Cooper? I mean, that guy's going to be a star. Yeah. And that's another situation where you're pairing him with a young quarterback. Right. Um, right. I mean, those guys are going to be fun to watch, if nothing yeah. else, right? Yeah. Like, they're both the real deal, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Raiders, again, have a lot of a long way to go before they're um, trying to <laughs> compete to win the division or sure. something. But, um, it, you know, it's going to be fun. But, yeah, who's, who's in charge of the division, right? It's like, it's KC? Denver. 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 I mean, I think Denver has one year of kind of being the team to beat. Right, okay, yeah. Denver and KC, I think, are the teams that are going to win the most games in that division. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, once Peyton's out of the division, I think it's kind of up for grabs, sure. to be honest. Sure, Rivers is getting up there, obviously. Yeah. Uh, he's been around for a while. Uh, I don't trust KC to be that good consistently. I think, I mean, I, they're, I think they're going to be better, too. But I think what we've seen from KC the last two years is exactly what they are. Yeah. You know? Capable of, like, some just really extremely efficient games yeah. and capable of just getting waxed sometimes. Yeah. You know? Yeah, they, you know, I think they're well enough coached that they're going to beat the teams that they should beat. Right. And they're going to struggle against the really good teams. Right. right. So. I think so, too. Which means, you know, you might make it to the playoffs if you're out in yeah. the first or second round. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, um, sorry, Kansas City fans. <laughs> so the draft in general. I mean, I think we've talked about a couple of the trends already. I mean, a yeah. lot of linemen win. I think yeah. it's another decent a pretty good wide receiver class. Um, it was fun to see the running backs go early. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, you know, I don't know. Like I said, I, I don't know enough about it to be able to do a lot of projections. Yeah. Um, then a couple crazy things leading up to the draft with kind of off the field incidents. Oh, yeah. Um, which, I don't know. Like, I kind of you just kind of wonder what's going through these kids' heads. I have no idea. When, yeah. Two days before the draft. Right. Like, going to change your life. What right. do you do? Yeah, I mean, Denver benefits from it, right? A guy that, outside linebacker that would have been top 10 pick for sure. Yeah. He, uh, you know, gets a little drug issue or yep. a little failed drug test. And now he's going to pick like 26 or something to the Broncos. Yeah, it's great that he ends up in a good situation with Denver. Yeah, sure. But um, you want to fail a marijuana charge and then go to Colorado? <laughs> this is, uh, oh, man. This is troubling. Yeah. Trouble. Yeah, you do. You want to. You want you that. Know? Oh no, you don't. Oh, uh, you don't want that. No, no. Not if you're him. <laughs> um, but yeah. So. That probably cost him. How much money did that cost him? Oh. I don't. I don't know what the breakdowns are, but. Yeah. What's a top ten pick versus a top, barely a first rounder, right? Yeah. Had to have been in the in the neighborhood of like six or so million dollars. Yeah. Over the course you know? of the four year right. contract. Right. Yeah. Let's call it between like four and eight, just to give it a range. Yeah. I mean, holy. Yeah. I hope, hope it was worth it. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> that was some good weed, man. Yeah, I hope that, uh, hope that strikeout that you did was worth it. <laughs> the, th the, things that, the things that come to mind to me about the draft are always like, it's just, I, I kind of touched on it before. It's like need right now versus future need, right? Yeah. It's like, and that's the, that's the balance that GMs try to, try to tow, you yeah. know? But then there's the intrinsic stuff of like, you don't know where guys are going to actually end up going, right? And that's the only place where I think the real draft ties into fantasy drafts. Yeah. Where, like, you can have all your expectations and what, but right then during the draft from the word go, everything can change yeah. with one pick or two picks. All of a sudden, everything's upside down. And you either stay the course or have a contingency plan. And it must be crazy. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. Like, it's a lot of pressure. It must be insane. Like, careers are made and lost over the yeah. draft, you know? Uh, we, we've, we've said a lot about 
some of the programming that the NFL Network continually runs in terms of <laughs> Ice Bowl. America's favorite game, the Ice Bowl. But uh, not not NFL Network. ESPN showed a uh, 30 for 30 on the 84 draft. Yeah. And that was Elway Marino and those guys. Yeah, yeah. And the backstory of that. Oh my! Like uh, movies could be made about this. I know. Not crazy, just right? not just specials. Like yeah. movies could be made. I mean. You've got L.A. almost going to, like, three different teams in the top ten yeah. via trade. You've got Moreno just wondering, like, what he ever did to anyone to, to fall as far as he did. Yeah. Um, and then how everything works out. You know, it's like Denver ends up with their quarterback. Miami ends up with their quarterback. And um, Jim Kelly finds his way into the story. Yeah. Who went to the USFL so he wouldn't have to play in Buffalo. Yeah. Ends up in Buffalo anyway. And is like <laughs> the son of Buffalo. Yeah. You know, yeah, like loves right. Buffalo and is the man. Yeah. It's just crazy. Yeah. The draft is crazy. Yeah. Well, I saw that same show and it's, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty nuts. I didn't realize the whole thing about, uh, about Baltimore and kind of the deals that have been made and uh, or hadn't been made. Well, I mean, what screwed Baltimore was, and we hear this all the time, the uh, the the teamwork that goes on in a draft, right? Yeah. Owner, coach, yeah, GM. Yeah. Right. That's that triangle is the decision tree, right? It's supposed to be, yeah. It's supposed to be. I mean, in theory, one to two of those pieces yeah. outweigh the other one, and whatever, however it goes, yeah, yeah. right? So, in certain situations, the owner has clout, like a Dallas. The owner definitely has clout. Oh yeah. Um, in other teams, Washington. Like, uh, in Washington, clearly, don't ask about other God. teams like New England, right? Yeah. You don't, you wouldn't even know who Bob, like you know who Bob Kraft is because you see him. Yeah, you he ever hear, checks. You ever hear about Bob Kraft? Does he ever say anything? He, he never makes him? a football decision. He didn't do ever. no. Yeah. You know, he's like he owns a team. That is his job. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, he, he just gives up the reins. That played such a role in this whole '84 draft, right? Yeah. Deals were in place to move that pick to get ball, to get LA out to other teams, yeah, yeah, yeah. and the owner comes in and kiboshes them, yep. and it's like, you know, yeah, it's crazy. It's 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 absolutely crazy to me. It's like you put these people in charge of your team, they're in charge of personnel, yeah. but then you won't let them understand the draft or uh, not understand, but won't let them have the say in the draft. But then, even for the teams that the GM's in total control, right? Yeah. They're not even conferring with the coach, really. Yeah, it's like right, the coach right. has to coach the players, yeah. but the GM gets to make the decision or final to say. You know, it's like, it's just a head scratcher. It's like, why can't there be a balance? Yeah, you know? for sure. But there just seems to, there can't be a balance. It's so funny. It's like in any other sphere, like, uh, you know, good teamwork skills actually get you farther, right? Right. Like the teams that are not dysfunctional or don't have just one person kind of trying to run roughshod over everybody else are the ones yeah. that do better. Yeah. It's so weird. Yeah, no matter what. Almost any one brilliant person is going to be outdone by two or three pretty good people. Right. You know, in almost every situation. Yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, like, just everything else that goes into it. It's like you have scouts following these players all year, mm -hmm. learning about them and their families, their backgrounds, all the other – so much acidine stuff comes up during the draft yeah. about players, right? And it all comes down to, like, well – the owner just doesn't kind of like that guy, and or just kind of loves this guy. Yeah. Or it's from the owner's own owner. Uh, oh, oh, great. Yeah, that's. Yeah, yeah. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when the owner gets enamored of somebody, that causes a lot of problems. Oh, exactly. You look at Washington. Right. And it means that the coach can't effectively control the locker room, uh, any of that stuff. So. Yeah, it's just I don't know. Yeah. 
Hashtag SMH. Hashtag SMH. Appeal to our Periscope. Hashtag SBOH. Shaking both our heads. Yes. Right. Uh, I think I'm, he just coined a new one. Uh, a new song. Anyway. Write that down. Craig, <laughs> Craig, write that down. That's <laughs> right. Uh, you want to talk about the NFC at all? Do you want to save the NFC? We'll say the next episode, the NFC. All right. Yeah. Um, no, what near, do you? Near your heart, sir. Absolutely. That's why I feel like I want to dedicate a whole episode to the NFC. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Um, what? Uh, what are your What are your thoughts on on teams that that make the big move up? Right. Like we've seen it. We've seen teams do it. Um, I know you're thinking I'm going to talk about Washington. I'm not going to talk about Washington right now. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to talk about a team like Atlanta. Right. Makes a big Jay jump from the 20s to number three or four or something. Yeah. Got Julio Jones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they don't have first pick for like two years or something. But I don't know. I wonder. I mean, that, he was obviously a pick. I think that's worked out. I mean, he's had some injury concerns. Right. But he's a game changer he's for game sure. Changer. Right. His numbers are there when he's on the field. Yeah, know? absolutely. But when you think, I mean, it's a team game, right? So you are they were they a complete enough team that they could afford to lose? Kind of mortgage the future a little bit yeah. taken. Yeah. Like they're a good good team, already a playoff team, right? Yeah. So uh, maybe in their their case it makes sense. Yeah. I think when the when the weaker teams try to move up and do that that big splashy move, it almost always backfires because yeah. they uh, you know if you have a bunch of needs to fill and you tie up what in Washington's case eight draft picks or something sure. in one guy. Sure. Then you were not able to fill those needs and well, put the players around him. I feel like it's not eight. It's, I don't, it's not eight draft picks, like literally. It's eight draft picks on paper yeah. because uh, St. Louis maneuvered some of the picks that they got and turned them into more players. But I mean, like another example that comes to mind is uh, the Eli Manning draft, right? Yeah. The the Giants and Chargers pull a trade. Uh, the 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 Chargers got picks from the Giants that turned into guys like Sean Merriman and some other picks and yep. for a while it was like oh wow they're the clear cut winners yep. but then you look at long term over time yep. Giants have two Super Bowls yeah. in that era the Chargers have a great quarterback out of it Yeah. Sean Merriman's no longer a factor right. you know, it's just like oh at the time I was like oh they gave up way too much yeah, yeah maybe you get a quarterback but it's not like they didn't already have Rivers you know yeah sure so, most of the time, I feel like the big trade doesn't work out. Like, it's yeah, just would, asking too that. much, yeah. you know, of a player to be that. Herschel you know? Walker. Oh, God. The, <laughs> you the, made your entire The draft. biggest trade pillage in ever. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, I think a lot of the successful teams in this era are building through the draft. Yep. Um, so it's kind of hard to stomach giving away a bunch of draft picks for one guy. Right. And that's why the draft, to me, boils down to current need versus future need. You know, yeah. it's like uh, when you're when you're talking about a team that just tries to stay ahead of their needs, yeah. well, that's good. But in doing that, do you get tunnel vision and miss out on just players landing in your lap that are yeah. impact players that, hey, good players that land in your lap of the draft can also be future needs, right? Sure. They can fill future needs. Yeah, yeah. So, it, 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 you know, to me it comes down to where's your team at right now? What, yeah. what, what level are they at? What tier are they at, right? Where do you think they're trending towards? Um, and then everything else, like the situation you're bringing these picks into, right? Yeah. 
do you have a head coach that you like? Do you have a GM that you like? Yep. Um, all that stuff. So funny, like when uh, when Washington took uh, Fred, what was the guy's name? Fred, whatever his name is. The tight end from USC. Fred Davis. Yeah, Fred Davis. Yeah. And they had Chris Cooley. Yeah. And who was kind of in the prime of his career, and I was right. like, "You guys like, said it, tight end. Like, what are you doing?" Yeah. But you don't, you don't necessarily know everything, the whole backstory, like the sure. relationship he has with the coach and whatever. He was total Washington guy, you know, through and through. And it probably ended his, ended his career early to have that guy competing with him, like, right. kind of taking him off the field a little right. bit. I think he lost interest, to be yeah. honest. But who knows if he would have? He was kind of trending that way anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Two years later, he was like making pottery. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. He probably was like. Around the locker room, be like, "Yeah, man, wouldn't it be great to go fishing?" Yeah, and everyone's like, like uh, "We got a game." Checked out and over it. Yeah, you know? maybe. Who knows? So, a lot of times, you know, we're on the outside looking in. We don't always have all the right. all the inputs that the, the teams do. Right? We totally don't. Yeah. Um, sometimes it's you know it's like teams have vendettas against players or whatever. But other times, they probably just know something we don't, and they're hedging their bets or you know yeah. trying to do the best thing for the team. And that's that's also why I think um, future needs comes into play. That's not just future needs from uh, a retirement perspective, right? It's a personnel right. perspective all around. Mm -hmm. What guys are coming up against free agency? What guys do you think are going to be worth paying and keeping yeah. around? What guys are you not? You know, like when you you know when you draft a when you draft a running back yeah. in the second round. While you have a 28-year-old running back, you're like, yeah. oh, okay, they're planning for need, but he's 28. Yeah. Like, you still got three years out of him, probably, right. maybe two. So why are you getting this one now? Well, yeah. it's like, oh. It's not like running backs take a long time to develop, yeah. right, like we were talking you know, about. So it's like, compare that to when you're, you got a 31-year-old running back, one more year left, you're going to be hitting free agency. Yeah. So you take a running back in the second round, you're like, oh. Now yeah. you're you're doing it for need, right? So it's like, that's the thing. Is like you can try and do it for future need, but it's gotta still make sense, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, I agree. Salary cap, all that stuff. It's like they're uh, actually balancing a lot of factors when they're making a pick, right? Yeah, and that's why I think the GM, the 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 triangle we talked about. Yeah. The GM having more say, it could go either way. But the GMs are the ones that have the insight into, like, who's yeah. coming up on their contract, who's gonna be. A hot free agent, we think, you know? Yeah. Who's going to be worth retaining, right? Can we even retain it if we want to? Maybe yeah. you want to keep a guy, yeah. right? But you can't. I mean, it seems like it would make sense for the GM to have three votes, the coach to have two votes, and the owner to have one vote. Kind of in an ideal situation. I think it makes too much sense. <laughs> that's clearly why... I mean, nobody does it that way. But, yeah. but if you know what I mean, like in terms of influence, the GM yeah. is balancing all the factors, right? Yeah. Trying to find the best players, trying to keep the salary cap in line. The coach knows who he, who he needs for his schemes. Um, so he should have a lot of say, but not maybe final say. Because he might get enamored of one guy who's going to help him right now. Right. And he has, he's taking a shorter-term perspective of like, well, my job The coach has to worry about his job, right? Yep. Yeah. The owner maybe you know has other things in mind like how do we fill seats so I can yeah. keep paying people. Yeah, right? get a market, get a guy yeah. I can market. Yeah. I don't know. It's true. If I were running a team, that would be my hierarchy of yeah. influence. Yeah. I think if if I were if I were running a team, I'd also a lot would weigh in with, and I think a lot of teams do this, but for me, a lot would weigh in with, where's, like, what does my division look like? Yeah. Who am I competing with? Where am I at my division? Yeah. Am I second? Am I first? Am I, you know, you could take some more, I don't want to say risks, but they can be a little more calculated if you're first, yep. and you're way out in front, and you're like, these guys aren't going to catch us in a year. Right. We could take a guy that 
you know, maybe we don't need this year, yeah. but we need next year, but it has all world talent, mm -hmm. and, and go for it. Versus if you're a middle team and you're like, we just need a guy to put us over the hump, yeah. but we're always picking in the 20s, yeah. we can't quite do that. So maybe we make a move, go up, yeah. get a more like top tier talent, and try and catch that other damn team, right? Yeah. So, yeah, where you're at in division, I think, dictates a lot. Yeah, yeah sure. But the other night, other night when we were watching the draft, I had this idea that uh, schlubs like us should run, a, run an NFL team for a year. And if we, if we can make that team have a better draft position than they did, sorry, a worse draft position, if they have a better record than they did the year before. There it is. <laughs> Each of the schlubs gets a million bucks. Do you think we could do it? I think we could do it. I think we could have, make the team have a better year. Just like normal guys. I think so. Yeah? yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. All right. What would it take? What would it, like, say, uh, what's the team that picked in the middle of the draft this year? That'd be some team in the middle, right? In the middle. They said, okay, take the... You know, there's 32 teams, the middle 10, pick out of those teams, who would you take as a project? In the middle 10. So kind of who's, who's going to be the easiest to improve? <laughs> uh, well, we already talked about the Chargers a little bit, I yeah. think. I could see them be one of those teams, yeah. but I feel like really sticking to like the middle ground, like yeah, yeah. I feel like KC's more middle ground than they yeah. are. But Casey, we wouldn't walk in as GMs because Andy Reid's in control over there, oh, yeah, yeah. and he's been in, he's been a GM before and a coach. Sure. So, as far as that, something the NFL would be is like, we need the publicity. Of course, yeah. that's not anything they right, need. Right, right, yeah, they don't need any of that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. What if it was like? What if it was like the Bengals? Yeah. It can't be much worse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Do they, they pick like what? Where did they pick this year? Tenth, eleventh, twelfth? No, I think they were. I think they're in the late teens. Oh, okay. All right. So take the Bengals. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I haven't really thought it through. Obviously, like yeah. whether it would be just personnel. Or, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think any of us clubs could handle the coaching side of things. It's just no, too no, technical. No. You know? Just like maybe evaluating some guys, like going to the combine, rating some dudes. Yeah, like I could do all that. Making yeah, some, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I bet you could. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, Dream job if you're listening, NFL. Yeah, that's right. I'm ready. Yeah, yeah. I'm right here. You know, we talked about the draft this whole time. We didn't talk about Winston. Yeah, you know. That <laughs> okay. Guy. Okay. Um, I actually think he's going to be a solid quarterback. Would you rather have him or Mariota? On the field, just just on the field. Just on the field. I, 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 I'm going to say Winston because I think he uh, he has the charisma to lead the people around him. I think that's the biggest difference here. They have totally different skill sets. I think they both are capable quarterbacks. And, yep. you know, they're going to grow into fine starters and stuff. But I think just what he brings in terms of leadership is just watching Mariota's interviews, it's like, oh, God, come on. You're going to have to step it up. Yeah, he's just he's very measured. He's very composed. He keeps to himself. He's just, you know, he's apparently got it all upstairs. Like, oh, sure, yeah. You know, he's pretty smart. Yeah, he's, he's, he's with it in terms of the acumen. But, yeah, he wants some personality with the quarterback. He wants yeah. some edge to him, yeah, you know? Yeah. Uh, and I think Jameis has that. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not completely enamored with, with either of them, really. Yeah. 
I had to build a team, I think it'd be easier to build a, a few different types of offenses around Jameis versus Marietta would have probably need to be more of a marriage between his Oregon system and whatever your coordinator wanted to do. Yeah. Um, I think um, I think Winston's in a in a really good situation. Yeah. They uh, Tampa hit on their pick last year with Mike Evans. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, going from there, they added they added more speed uh, with some later round picks too. Yeah. I think they're they're trying to get after it. Yeah. And you kind of have to with that division, you know. We won't go into the NFC too much for sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think uh, that's just another one of those young quarterback, young receiver pairings that's, that has potential. Yeah. Good to be back on the horse. It is good to be back on the horse. Yeah. Um, we're actually going to publish this one, I think. This one's going out. <laughs> this is going out to the masses. Yeah, it's got to go out. And yeah. then next time we'll talk about the NFC, how they did in the draft. Yep. Impressions. Yep. Um, cool. Great. This has been the Slant and Go. Once yeah. again from Paul and Eddie's. Oh, my God. The Jaegers flowing. The Jaegers flowing. Uh, we heard... Cinco de Mayo inspired music. Oh, we heard straight 70s inspired music. Yeah. Now we're clearly stuck somewhere in Texas. Yeah. Uh, but thank you for listening. Yep. Yeah. Until uh, yeah, next time, you can catch us online at theslantandgo.com. Twitter.com slash theslantgo. And uh, yeah, catch you on the flip side. We out.